Welcome to the Resilient Rainer, the premier podcast focused on mental performance for equestrians and improved horse show performance. Whether you're a rookie rainer or a seasoned competitor, this show is for riders who want to take their skills to the next level and achieve their full potential in the show ring. I'm Nicole Burnett, and I'm a master mindset coach who's obsessed with helping you achieve all those horse dreams you always thought were impossible. Join me each week to develop a show-ready mindset and gain the competitive edge you need to compete with confidence. Welcome back, everybody. Nicole Burnett here, your host of the Rosalia Rainer podcast, and I am just thrilled to welcome you back to an another chat together about mental performance and horses. Some of my favorite topics. So what I'm excited to talk about today is getting into how can you practice emotional resilience? Because this is one of those $10 words that I know I throw around when we're talking about mental coaching here. We're talking about, you know, being gritty, being tough, how do we get confident? How do we do all of these things? And a part of that is developing emotional resilience. How do you not get completely overcome so that you can have better worth rides? So that when things don't go your way, they can be little things, big things, whatever. When things don't go your way, how do you just bounce back up instead of staying on the ground? I like to think of the visual. When I think of emotional resilience, I think of those kid toys where it's like a giant inflatable, like human size, and you punch it and it's like a balloon and the balloon like falls over because you punched it, but then it goes and it pops back up. So it like punches the balloon and go and then it pops back up. So that's what I think of when I think of emotional resilience. No matter what hit you, you get back up. It just doesn't keep you down. Can't keep a good guy down. All right. And so that's what we want to do is how do we have this emotional resilience for a better ride? Because that's what we want, right? We want better rides, faster times, higher scores, a better relationship with our horse. And emotional resilience is a key part of getting us there. So think of it this way. If I asked you, or I'm going to ask you, I'm asking you right now, if you could choose the way that you feel When you sit on your horse, if you can choose the way that you feel when you're about to have a horse ride, you're going to go school, you're going to go show. How would you describe like what words would you choose for the emotions? So if I ask this to people that I'm working with, any sort of clients, the words that usually come up would be things like, I want to feel calm. I want to feel happy, relaxed, confident, present. These are the kind of words that people usually choose. If they say, if I are going through the catalog and I'm selecting my emotions and feelings before my ride, I want to feel confident, calm, relaxed, happy. This is how people want to feel. And I'd lay down some money that you'd agree, right? That's probably how you'd prefer to feel. So it's only natural to ask yourself, well, why don't I feel this way? Why don't I feel this way more often? I'm going out, I'm riding my horse. 
Is this the way that you usually feel when you climb into the saddle? Yes? No? If it's not, why don't you feel this way more often? Reasonable question, right? Great question. For most of us, we love the horse. That's why we're here. There are a few people I've run into who they work in the horse industry because it's a family thing and it was easy and blah, blah, blah. But for most people, we're here because we love the horse. We love riding horses. We love all of it. And yet, one of the things that is really common and very sad is that as people are going through and you're increasing your skills and maybe you're competing at higher levels, that it's really common that you run into a lot of stress and frustration. And there's a lot of shame that comes up if you don't perform the way that meets with your expectations. And you can feel really sad. So all of a sudden, instead of feeling calm and relaxed and happy and confident, you're feeling frustrated and stressed and shameful and sad and maybe even angry. It's just like not at all the same. We're not in the same ballpark here, okay? We're not the same color. We are not the same room. This is like total opposites. You probably want something different. You probably want something different. So in this podcast today, I am going to take you through step-by-step things you can do to develop your emotional resilience. When you do this, when you develop emotional resilience, this is going to give you what you need in order to have more control over your emotions, your thoughts, and therefore your behavior, your performance, your writing in challenging situations and challenging moments. Okay, so let me give you a personal example here. I was riding in a clinic with a new clinician, you know, some Mr. Fancy Pants that I'd never met before. And I really admired this person. I wanted to make a good impression. And my horse did not care the way that I cared. So my horse was busy being distracted by new and unfamiliar surroundings. The other thing, too, a lot of people had hauled in the night before and had already ridden in the arena. Their horses were used to everything. I'm waking up at the bug crack of dawn to haul in the day of. And so my horse hadn't had a chance to see anything. So, you know, my horse has got his neck in the air doing all these things, just being a normal horse in a new spot. And I remember trying to stay calm and just really feeling all of the eyes on me and feeling so embarrassed and just like, you know, my brain just felt really flooded. It was really hard to think clearly. All of those things, right? All of those things coming up. You just feel like your body gets stressed and tense and you're like, <laughs> I remember that. In my work, working with people and, you know, working through these things with them, I don't think I've come across anybody who can't relate to that because we all have experienced something like that. So when I share this story about me being at that clinic and you were imagining it, did that bring up anything inside of you? It probably brought up some maybe difficult feelings, some reactions. Um, 
Did it make you think about the like a similar situation that you found yourself in? That feeling of maybe you're not good enough, a feeling that other people are maybe they're coming up with negative stories about you and how you aren't good enough and your ability. And I think this is such a core fear for us as writers because our sport is so demanding. It takes so much. It doesn't even just take it all. It demands so much time, money, passion, energy. Like it takes and demands so much. And we are happy to give that. But at the same time, that means that so many of us as writers, we can feel petrified, right? We are frozen stiff at the idea that we might not live up to our own expectations about what it means to be good enough, to be a good enough rider, to be a good enough horseman. And these thoughts that can run through your head, like thoughts of wasting somebody's time. Oh, the another big one that I get literally with just about everybody is I work so hard. I work so hard at this. Dot, dot, dot. And I'm still not good enough. Does that resonate? Or the idea that, you know, you might think to yourself, I want this so much. I want this. I want this so, so, so much. But it's too hard. Like, I I don't know. Maybe I can't do it. This deep-seated fear of inadequacy means that any time you experience struggle, This can be so triggering and just lead to this whole chain reaction of like self-criticism, feeling overwhelmed, feeling so scared and frustrated. And you just have this like perfect storm of negative emotion. (laughs) And when you're feeling like that, like you might be feeling these inside your body right now as I'm even just talking about it. Does that make you want to run away? Does that make you want to run away? Because that's really normal. So imagine trying to ride in this state. Do you think this is the ideal state for performing, for competing? When you have that feeling of wanting to run away, of wanting to escape, do you think that you are mentally present in this moment? Or do you think that you are checked out? You're just like, see you later. Sayonara. I need to do something else, anything else. I will see you later, okay? (laughs) And if you're checked out, as opposed to being present in this moment, do you have the capacity to problem solve, to connect with your horse? Because you've got to be connected with your horse if you're going to have a good ride. Full stop. It's just a requirement, all right? Also, to have a good ride for showing, for training, for any of it, You have to have a certain amount of a calm mind, calm body, relaxation, right? A certain level of relaxation of mind and body. You can call it calm. You can call it relaxation. But there has to be a certain level of chill. Okay, we've got these difficult situations. How do we stay calm and relaxed? And part of that puzzle is emotional resilience here. I just want to encourage you that this is not something that you switch on or off. You are not a failure if you are not great at it yet. This is a practice and you just get to develop this and practice this skill 
It's a skill just like any other. And as a writer, you are already so familiar with what it takes to put in effort and develop skills. So I know that you got this. Okay, so here's a question for you. Do you think that you choose your emotions? Do you think that you have the power to choose your emotions and influence your emotional state? Now, this is a really important question because there's a lot of you that I know are going to be thinking, Nicole, that's so wrong. I don't choose my emotions. I just feel them. I just experience them. They just happen. Like you're saying, you know, did I chose to feel embarrassed when I was late? You're saying I chose to feel guilty and sad when I blew my last run. You're saying any of these emotions that I chose it. This is very uncomfortable because if you embrace the idea that you have any sort of control over your emotional state, that's a lot of responsibility. And that can be really uncomfortable. That's super normal to be uncomfortable with it. But there's a lot of responsibility that comes if you accept the idea that you can influence your emotional state or that you could choose your emotions on any level. That's a lot of responsibility. And there's a lot of feelings that might come up from that. However, if you want to learn to manage your emotions, you have to take responsibility for them. If you view emotions as something that just happens to you, instead of viewing emotions as an experience that you can choose, you're never going to be able to manage them. And if you don't have any control over your emotions, they're just going to run over you like a herd of horses here, okay? You're going to be trampled at the end gate when they're running out to pasture, so get out of the way. And that is going to have such a negative experience on you as a writer and any sort of performance you want to Alyssa under saddle, okay? So step number one is you just got to take responsibility. I'm only going to touch briefly on it. You know, we could talk for hours on this. But one of the things that is I'm just going to point out is that taking responsibility for something is not the same as being at fault for something. This is a real sticking point for a lot of folks is that there's this intersection of fault and responsibility, okay? And something doesn't have to be your fault for you to take responsibility and accountability for your own behaviors and actions. So. I've got little kids. Let me give you the classic little kid example. Siblings, you know, like you're fighting, you're doing something. They want to steal your toy. Okay, you've been robbed. They stole your stuffy. It is not your fault that they stole your stuffy, but it is now your responsibility whether you, A, choose to ask for it back, even just take it back, slug them, or call for an adult intervention. Whatever you choose to do, that part is your responsibility. So just a brief moment on that fault and responsibility are not the same thing, even though they are connected. The point here is that it's not necessarily your fault if you feel a certain way in your experience with your horse. If you feel guilty or anxious or you're scared or sad, okay, 
that comes up. That's just your body and your mind. And they're working together to say like, hey, this is, you know, it's prompting you into action. Okay. Emotions are like, hey, you should do something. Stuff's going on. (laughs) All right. And the responsibility part is that you're the only one that can do anything about it. Nobody else can do it for you. So they're just giving you like a red flag, like, hey, hey, coach, stuff's going on. You want to do something about it? And then you get to say yes or no. All right. So let's give this a nitty gritty boots in the dirt example for horse riding. Maybe I'll give you two. I'll give a couple of examples. Okay. So imagine you are at the end gate. You are about to enter and ride your pattern. You could be a rainer about to do a pattern. You can be a barrel racer about to just charge off a million miles an hour. You're ready to go. Your heart is just racing. It's pounding in your chest. And what else might you feel before a run? Like probably something to do with your heart is racing. Your heart's pounding. And maybe your stomach is clenched up. That's pretty normal. Like these are the kind of physiological experiences that you might have. So let me give you two scenarios. You're at that end gate and you say, oh my gosh, I'm going to blow it. I'm going to embarrass myself so bad. I'm going to embarrass myself and all of my friends, all of my not friends, my coach. I just just going to fail. It's going to go so poorly. When those are the things that you're thinking before you run, your brain takes those feelings and it's like, okay, we're worried. We're anxious. It's a problem. Okay. Scenario two here. You're at that end gate. You're like, oh my gosh, I am so excited. I can't wait for this challenge. It's a tricky pattern. You know, there's not a lot of space between the barrel and the wall. It's going to be a tight turn or this pattern has an element that's challenging for my horse, but that's okay. Like, I'm excited for this challenge. I'm excited to test our skills. I'm excited to have fun because I'm riding my horse right now. And so that's a win. When you can think those types of thoughts, your brain's going to take those thoughts and it's going to say, oh, these feelings, this is excitement. This is, oh, we can't wait to do this. It's excitement and anticipation as opposed to worry and anxiety. There's some really cool research out there that's gotten into this and has shown that our bodies do the same thing, okay, in scenario one and scenario two, that our physiological experience, the things that we feel in our body physically are the same for nervousness, for anxiety, and for excitement, right? So cool. And the thing that makes the entire difference is What we tell ourselves, literally the story we tell ourselves, how are we interpreting this situation? So whether we tell ourselves this is excitement or whether we tell ourselves this is nervousness, our body and brains are like, okay, that's what it is. So that shapes our experience. That is what determines whether this is positive or negative. It's literally what you tell yourself because in your body, it's the same. All right. And so how you interpret it or how you can reframe it is incredibly powerful, incredibly powerful. All right, so let's bring it back to remember Nicole at the clinic feeling embarrassed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so 
It could be me. It could be you. What's a way that like we could revisit that scenario and practice emotional resilience? Because our goal, what we want is we want to choose some feelings and emotions that are going to allow you to stay calm, to stay focused so that you have a really great ride that we don't get flooded. We don't just feel overcome with embarrassment and we're not panicking. That's all right. We want to do all this, even if our horse is having a moment, maybe they're kind of, you know, agitated or tense or they're just kind of amped. It's all right. We get to be calm for them. So let's break it down into some steps. We love a good three-step process. All right. Awareness. Awareness is always the first step. You got to tune into yourself. One of the things that we are so good at as riders is reading our horses, right? You care about them. You want them to be having a good experience, but you can be hyper aware of your horse and kind of forget to check in with yourself. So check in on your horse and then say, how am I feeling? Because you want to know, are you part of the problem or part of the solution? Okay. So step one, awareness is always the first step. After that, T for timeout. Okay. T for timeout. In that timeout, my favorite thing, we're going to pause and you're going to take deep breaths. Breathing will change your life. I'm going to just preach it from the rooftops forever and ever. All right. There's all sorts of cool things that happen in your body from breathing. I'm not going to talk about them today, but there's a million and one amazing things that literally change physically, chemically in your body when you deep breathe. And so take a pause. Take a time out. In that pause, you get to regulate yourself. Check in on your thinking. Check in on your emotions. From the pause, you can choose a new direction if you need to. And there's always time to breathe. Always. I swear, you're doing it right now. There's always time to breathe. So step one, awareness. Notice your state, your internal state. Step two, T for time out here. We're going to pause and take some deep breaths. And then the third step, I know I talked about taking responsibility. This is where you get to take responsibility. And then you get to choose. All right. You get to choose what happens next. When it comes to choosing what happens next and choosing your emotions or doing whatever, in that moment when you are feeling really overwhelmed, when you're just feeling kind of maybe flooded by negative emotions, and you're feeling embarrassed and scared and all of these things, you're focusing a lot on how you're a failure on judgment or fear of judgment. You're thinking like how you might look like such a loser. You're looking like total beginner. You're thinking about everybody's judging you. Everybody's thinking how you can't ride at Hello Beans. It's just total like disaster, right? So one of the things that I found that super helpful is curiosity is a superpower. Get curious. I like this because it doesn't force you to do something or be something that maybe you're not ready to be, you're not ready to think. But can you kind of open the door a little bit by asking questions? Can you open the door a little bit and get curious? Just start asking questions like, You can even think about how could this go better, right? 
And so you just start thinking, you know, getting curious about how this could go better. What is the good in this situation? Or you can add some addendums. So you think like, yeah, this is challenging, but I can do hard things. I can do hard things is a personal mantra of mine. I encourage all of you to adopt it. Or you start looking for opportunities. Get curious about like, oh, this is an opportunity for me to get help and support. Or you might think, oh, like when everything is perfect at home, you don't have the opportunity to practice this kind of stuff. But now you have the opportunity, say, to work with your horse and learn how to connect and have a nice ride, even when they're tense. It can be really helpful if you have a minute to journal for yourself and come up with their like, what are other ways that you could reframe things for yourself? In that moment, you can be like, oh, I know I can tell myself that I don't have to be perfect. I just have to be, you know, I'm here and I'm willing to learn. Or you can tell yourself that like, part of what makes me a good rider is how I handle difficult situations. That could be a really helpful thing to tell yourself. Or the idea here is about how can you come up with a reframe, you know, a different way of mentally looking and thinking about things that go from like in this moment, I'm having a difficult ride and we all have those. Don't ever feel bad. I'm struggling, but we take it and we say, I'm struggling. I'm having a difficult ride right now. Therefore, I'm not a good rider. Okay. And what we want to do is we want to shift that to, I'm a good rider who's having a difficult ride. Do you see the difference? It's so powerful. Internally, you're going to feel so much safer and better because you're going to know, like, I'm okay. I'm facing this difficult situation. My horse is doing whatever. And that's okay because... I know that I have what I need to solve this, right? You have skills, you have resources, and you can solve it. And that is so powerful to know, to say like, I'm a good rider having crappy ride versus I'm a crappy rider who is just struggling, all right? <laughs> and so take from that what you need, okay? I know that this has given you something to think about. We started this podcast by talking about emotional resilience, what it is, why we desperately need it as horse riders, all right? Every rider needs it. We talked about emotions and how we have the ability to influence and choose our emotional state and how we can apply that for better rides. I gave you a three-step process for what you can do in the moment, this very simple way to practice emotional resilience. And I leave you with encouragement. You can think of it as a little, you know, challenge for your next ride that when next time you go out to ride your horse, you can practice this. You can practice this skill of emotional resilience by tapping into this, by choosing these emotions, by choosing these thoughts and feelings and actions, right? The behaviors that will help you and best support you to ride your best. And don't forget, if things get a little ranchy, you got to get a little punchy, just pause. All right. Tea for time out. Take a breath and reframe your experience. 
remind yourself that you can be a good writer having a challenging moment. Get curious, look for opportunity, and I just wish you the ability to always choose calmness, choose happiness, choose curiosity, and just notice the ways that that positively impacts your ride. So thanks so much for hanging out with me. I love doing these podcasts with you guys. Pretty please scroll down, give this a thumbs up, rate it five stars, leave a little comment about something that piqued your interest in this episode. It really helps out the podcast and I love hearing from you guys. Send this episode to a friend and I can't wait to talk to you guys again soon. There, amazing writers. Before we wrap up today's episode, I've got something truly special for you. As we close out 2023 and start anew in 2024, it's the perfect time to reflect on your equestrian journey and set some exciting new goals for the year ahead. I am thrilled to introduce you to my end-of-year writing reflection worksheet. This isn't just any worksheet. This is your personal roadmap to dive deep into your writing experiences, your dreams, and aspirations to make sure you learn from all you went through this last year and extract the knowledge and wisdom that you need to level up. With this powerful tool, you'll celebrate your achievements, pinpoint areas for growth, and craft a vision for your equestrian journey in this upcoming year. Now, here's the best part. It's absolutely free. It's my gift to you. To get your hands on this invaluable resource, all you have to do is head over to my website, nicoleburnettcoaching.com, or click the link conveniently placed in the podcast description. So saddle up, Grab your favorite pen and embark on this transformational journey of reflection and vision. Let's make the next year your most remarkable one yet.